Now this message tonight is going to apply to those of you who are looking for the right one in your life. Who are looking for the right one in your life. Or, or maybe those who one day are going to be looking for the right one in your life. You know, it's like you're a bit young yet, but there'll come a day where you're looking for the right one. Also, I'm hoping it will prepare and help someone else who, who may be looking. So, so, so we're going to arm you to help somebody else who's looking for the right one. And so maybe your parent here, maybe your friend, uh, I pray this message will arm you. So when the people in your world who are looking for the right one, you'll be able to give them some insight. The question is, uh, do you have the right one? Some of you might be asking. If you're dating, that's a good question. If you're married, you have the right one now. They're the one you got. But how many know there's no pain like relational pain? And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm in favor of bringing back arranged marriages. Some of you are looking reluctantly with me. I don't know whether it's just because I've got three daughters and I want to say. Um, in fact, uh, arranged marriages have a, a less chance of divorce than than people who choose their own partners. So sometimes maybe our choosing is not, not the best. But one thing that we've got to understand is, is God's got somebody amazing for each and every one of us. And if you've got your Bible, let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother. <laughs> it's funny today, people can be married and still have not left their father and mother. Yeah, you want a great marriage, you've got to leave home. And it says, you leave your father and mother and is united. Or There's a cleaving to their wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. How many know, uh, finding your life partner can be difficult. Uh, how many are married here? All the married people, lift up your hand. We've got a few married people. Uh, how many would like to be married someday? Lift up your hand. Um, some of you are unsure about that. Don't worry, we're not going to do a range thing in the service. You, 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 no, it's not going to go like that. But, but what I want to unpack is just some things that we need to think about when it, when it comes to finding the right person. You know, it's so important. Number one, I'm going to jump right into it. Number one is that, that we have a vision for our relational future. You have to believe that, that God's got an amazing relational destiny for your life. And, and God wants to satisfy your heart's desires. You know, so many people hear, oh, God wants to satisfy my heart's desires, but they don't realize that, that verse comes from Psalm 34 where it says, you've got to delight in Him. So your delight is not in her or another person, when you delight in Him, He will give you the, the desires of your heart. He knows you, what you desire more than you do. Yeah, you think you want that, but God says, hey, man, you, and so, in fact, I, I challenge to say, some of our, 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 our greatest blessings are unanswered prayers. Yeah, for those who are married here, some of you wouldn't be married to the people you're married to if God answered your prayers. Just think of it. God saved you. God saved you. And, and, and God knows more about us than we know about ourselves. And, and He's got an amazing relational future for all of our lives. Now, now, the important thing is that we have a vision for it. You know, so many people think, well, I've got a vision. 
and, and they're thinking about a physical image of the person that they want to marry. Yeah, I've got a vision. Yeah, I want to marry this person. You know, it's their height, their size, their color, their ethnicity, their music ability, their cooking prowess. I don't know what's on your list, athleticism. A lot of people have, have a list. Uh, they have a list that they've written down. And, and how many know you can have all those boxes ticked of that list but still be miserable and unfulfilled in your relational world? It's like some other dysfunctional human being can make you whole. Think, think about that. You know, I found when it comes to relationships, the healthier you are, the healthier your relationships will be. In fact, your relationships are never healthier than, than you because you're in them. Your relationships will never be better than you. You attract who you are. That's why I said to a lot of young people, I say, hey, go after God. Just go after God. And let your focus be God. And if the person who's interested in you can't keep up with you, here's the deal. They're not worthy of you. It's a good way to filter out people. It's a good way to, to, to recognize the one that God's chosen you is just go strong after God. See, see, one thing I found is people don't tend to have relationship problems. They have problems that they bring into relationships. And the better you are, the fewer problems you're going to have in life. And I just want to clarify right at the start. Um, some people think singleness is a disease and marriage is a cure. Uh, you know, one thing we've got to celebrate is our, if you're single, celebrate your singleness. Yeah, make the most of life. It's not like life starts once you get married. In fact, you can do a whole lot of things as a single person that married people can't do. You know, and, and, and we've got to celebrate that and recognize that season in life. And, 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 and by the way, married people, oh, anyway, we won't go there yet. That was this morning's message. You need to get this morning's message. But, but, but so many people, you know, it's, it's almost like their life's on hold until they find that special somebody. Uh, but one of the biggest uh, put-offs, I believe, in life is somebody who's too desperate. How many know desperation will repel people faster than you think? But on the other side of the continuum, you've got people who are, who, who are desperate. You're on one side, and then on the other side, you've got people who are so focused that they wouldn't recognize if God was bringing somebody into their world. You know, and it's almost like we're going to live somewhere in the middle. You know, don't be too desperate. Recognize you, know, you don't need to put your life on hold just because you're single, and, and your life doesn't start once you get married. Come on, God, God wants to do something great in your life today. But on the other side, if God brings somebody into your world, don't be so focused that, that you miss it, that you don't recognize it. You know, I, I've been talking about in this series the difference between covenant and consumer, and I believe this helps when it comes to us understanding what God has for our relational future because many of us want covenant, but we settle for consumer relationships. And I'm trying to give some definition around this because many people hear the word covenant and they don't understand what it means. They think, oh, well, it's just a contract. Yeah, it, it implies that, but it's so much more than that. You know, people say, oh, can you give me an up-to-date word? No, I can't. Because covenant is not just a word, it's a category of thoughts. 
And there's no other word that I can give you that conveys this category of thought. And covenant is what creates relationship. As I said this morning, it's far more loving and intimate than a legal relationship. And it's, but it's far more binding and enduring than an emotional relationship. A covenant is more, more intimate and loving because it is legal. And just to, to go over some ground, you know, consumer relationships, you know, in a consumer relationship, you relate to the vendor based on them providing something for you. And the moment they don't deliver it at the right price or don't deliver the right product, you say, hey, I'm going somewhere else to have my needs met. And so a consumer relationship is based on my needs being met. In other words, you are just to me, otherwise I'm out of here. It means that, that my needs are more important than a relationship. Well, I just, you know, I, I just need to be happy. Yeah, well, that's surface. You're not going to have a deep relationship if it's just based on your happiness. You know, and a consumer relationship says, if my needs can be met somewhere else, I'll then go there. But a covenant relationship is exactly the opposite. See, a consumer relationship says, you adjust to me or I'm out of here. A covenant relationship says, I'll adjust to you because I've made a promise. Uh, The relationship is more important than my needs. Uh, my needs are less important than the sustenance of this relationship. You know, I was talking, you know, when you have that, how I many know you have a zone of security where you can be yourself? In consumer relationships, you, you always have to put up masks. You know, there's always marketing going on. You're selling yourself. You have to perform. You have to move and meet the other person's need or otherwise they're out of, out of there. But in a covenant, you've got a zone of safety where you can be yourself. You can get rid of the mask and you can reveal your insecurities. You can stop spinning and you can stop marketing. You know, it's, it's like what you've got to understand. That's why God says when it comes to sex, sex is not a consumer good, it's a covenant good. Because there's a zone there in a consumer relationship. What is sex? Sex is simply marketing. And, and it, it lacks integrity. Because what you're saying is, you know, I want to be physically naked, but I don't want to re- open my whole heart to you. And, and so, so, so it's like sex is like a sacrament. It, it's, a, it's an outward sign of, of an intimacy that you carry internally. And, and it's like, you know, you want whole life. You, you want physical nakedness, but you don't want whole life nakedness. See, 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 contracts, marriage is so much more than a contract. A contract is built on mutual distrust. I don't trust that you're going to do this thing or perform this, so, so we have to have a contract. But a covenant is different because its foundation is love. See, see, when we want more from a relationship that we're prepared to put in, how many know we're in trouble? I'll say that again. When we want more from a relationship than we're prepared to put in, we're in a whole lot of trouble. See, I found love is less about finding the right person and it's more about becoming the right person. Uh, see, becoming the person you're looking for is, is, is actually a key to attracting the right people in your wealth. Or, you know, at minimum, we say, don't expect more of others than you expect of yourself. 
Uh, too many people are about finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. Maybe it's not about finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. Maybe it's about becoming the right person. Because ultimately, we attract who you are. We attract who we are. You know, and, and then, you know, I was talking to one guy and he goes, man, you know, I get all these girls coming along, and, and, but none of them suit me, and, and you know, none of them carry conviction. And then I, I just said, well, have you ever to- stopped to take a look in the mirror? When it comes to your life, you know, conviction, your conviction isn't obvious. And ultimately, you attract who you are. So, so number one, is, it's so important that we have a vision for our relational future. Number two, the second thing we need to do is we need to position ourselves. We need to pray, get a vision, but then you've got to position yourself. So many people are so spiritual, they're just saying, well, I'm, I'm just waiting on a man. I'm waiting on a man. And it's almost like they're expecting God to, to courier, deliver him to their doors. You know, or some guys go, oh, I'm just waiting on a woman, but you've got 20Ks worth of debt. And even if a woman came to your world, you can look after her because you're so much in debt. And, you know, the best thing you need to do is position yourself and get working and get out of debt. Yeah, you got to position yourself. I say to my daughters, man, hey, uh, key qualifications right now. Number one is, is any person, they've got to love God. Second thing is they've got to have, have a job. And they've got to have a vision for their future. Yeah, you know, it, it makes sense. How many know if you go fishing, it makes sense to go to a place where there are fish? That makes sense in an obvious place. You know, it's like watching a Netflix movie at home is not going to position yourself. You know, but here's the deal. Don't just go anywhere where there's any old fish. You know, somehow, well, I'm fishing, yeah, and I'm fishing at the club or the bar. But if you're going fishing, that's like fishing in a swamp. You're going to catch something nasty there. Uh, you're going to catch something nasty. It, it, it's like, and, and, and so many people, you know, it's like they pull up something. Here, here's the deal. Just because you catch it doesn't mean you need to keep it either. Because some people, it's like they catch something and they, it makes them feel good about themselves. They think they'll hold on to it. You know, in fact, it's amazing how many people will get together, you know, just, you know, through spending uh, a certain amount of time at work. And it's like, oh, well, you know, it's like it, relationships just happen, but they don't really ask the questions that need to be, uh, be asked. Today, many people are getting together through social ma- media and dating apps. You know, you've got to be careful. You don't get catfished on those things. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, are looking to win people by, by, by you know, uh, uh, we all like attention, but, but even how we dress sometimes can bring about the wrong attention. And how you, you win a person is how you keep a person. And, and it's like, man, if you, you want a lusty guy, just, you know, put it all out there. But if you want somebody who loves you for you, you've got to position yourself. Riley, you know, fishing in, you've got to fish in the wrong place, right places, should I say, not the wrong places. Yeah, and, and here's the deal. You know, when it comes to it, you know, is. If they're not the right person, there's more fish in the sea. Yeah, here's the deal. There's something worse than not being married. And that's being married to an idiot. 
I'm just saying it. And that's why the Bible says, in 2 Corinthians, this is what Paul says. He says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Listen to me right now. It's not flirt to convert. Yeah, oh, they'll change, they'll change. No, I've found people don't want to be in a relationship for you to change them. They don't want you to fix them. They want to be loved. And, and so it lacks interior. Well, I'll just get them along and, you know, we'll change them. No, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in, in common? Or what, what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, some of you are going, well, what's yoke? No, it's not the middle piece of an egg. It's actually what would join two oxen together. And, you know, it was so important, you know, when it came to plowing the field that you, you'd yoke two animals together of equal strength. You know, two, two, two animals that wanted to go in the same direction. Because if one wanted to go one way and the other wanted to go the other way, how many know you've got a lot of trouble? And, and so Paul wasn't trying to, 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 to limit the market here. What he was trying to do is, say, he's saying, hey, if you want this relationship to work, it's so important you establish where, where you're both going. And if you're going in the same direction, this can work. You know, how many know you don't yoke a, a horse with a cat? Just be a little bit ridiculous. You know, it's like if you, you, you yoke, you know, one, one has a strength and, and the other one's not as strong. How many know you're just going to be going around in circles? And so it's so important that, that, that we think about these things when it comes to our, our relational future. You know, here's the thing. If you're not catching, a good question is may, maybe you need to go buy some new bait. And, and you know, having worked in youth and young adult ministry for years now, you know, over 20 years, I want to say here, here's the most attractive thing. That, that's guaranteed, you know, it's like, it's the best bait out there, is, is people with conviction and character. Looks fade. Some of you, just look at me. No. <laughs> but, but looks fade. Conviction and character. Hey, shut up, Cooper. <laughs> that was too big an amen right there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have your day. <laughs> it's conviction and character he's hiding right now. <laughs> conviction and character is, is the most attractive quality. So somebody who knows where they're going. So somebody who knows who they are. You know, that, that's why church is a great place to fish. Because I, I pray, even in Equipers Church, we're developing people of substance here. You know, how do you think you're going to find the right person in the wrong place? Yeah, you know, it's not to say everyone here is a good catch. But, but definitely you get to learn about people through church. You, you get to learn about their character. You get to hear their convictions. That's why serving is, is a great place to, to learn about people. You know, how do they conduct their life? Because anybody can sell you something. Anybody can put on behavior for a moment. 
Yeah, some people say, oh, there's no good Christian men and women out there. Well, how would you know? You come every six weeks. Yeah, how would you know that? Yeah, you, you don't know. But if you serve, you, you begin to learn. Which brings me to number three. You ready for this? Is Number three, you need to do your homework. Do your homework. Do your homework. How many know if you're looking to buy a home? You, you, you have a due diligence period. You get a building report, a limb report. You, you research it. And I want to say marrying the wrong person, perhaps more than anything else, has the ability to derail your destiny. And one thing you've got to understand is we are the history of our decisions. We are the history of our decisions. And in the end, you don't marry somebody's personality as much as you marry their character. And in life, you don't answer, you don't get, get, to, uh, get answers unless you answer, ask questions. I'll say that again. You know, and the questions need to be more than, oh, do they have abs? <laughs> Some of you go, that's really important. <laughs> that's really, really important. It's like, yeah, here's some questions that are good, are good to ask, okay? It's number one, who, who do they look up to? Who, who does that person look up to? Who, whose voice do they respect and trust? Because whoever they look to is ultimately who they become. Uh, another question would be, what is their daily routine like? What's their daily routine? Are they lazy? Uh, another question is, who are their friends? Because you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. See, see, people can put on behavior to get what they want. And it's not hard to do that for six months, a year. Without, and you still don't really know who they really are. You know, looks are important, yeah. It's important you're attracted to them, but there's got to, attracted to them, but there's got to be more. Looks aren't the primary thing. Oh, but he's cute and he makes me laugh. Are you going to be laughing when he's unemployed? And not leading your family spiritually? I hope he's got some really good jokes when you can't pay the electricity bill. Come on, come on. It's got to be more than that. And, and people can put on faces. You know, it's like, how many have heard of the expression, oh, they're two-faced? Well, some people aren't two-faced, they're four-faced. They put on faces to get what they want and then suddenly you go, oh, they're a different person and they get into a marriage. Oh, and that's, I never knew they were like that. I never knew they carried that much debt. I never knew they responded like that to their parents. You know, faces, just quickly, some things that you need to do your homework on is, is from the acronym faces. You need to know about their family background. What, what values were they brought up with? And what do they now hold on to? Because ultimately your values are your default setting. And here's the thing, maybe you're brought up, being brought up in a dysfunctional home. We all have to some extent, but it's really important that, that you clarify now, if you haven't already, what values you have in life. Because your values become your default setting. 
You can put on a behavior, but when the pressure comes on, it's your values that come out of your life. And so you've got to look at family background and, and you've got to understand what values did they come, uh, come from and what did they hold on to. The A stands for attitude. You know, if somebody's cynical and judgmental and jealous, you know, when it comes to other people, you know, they're always criticizing. You know, initially, other people will be the target, but soon the bullseye will be on your head. And so I'd take a note, you know, what's their attitude to other people? Are they criticizing? Are they cynical, judgmental, jealous? You know, you think, oh, it's them, it's not me, they love me. Just get ready for that bullseye to be painted on your head. Okay, C stands for compatibility. Is there compatibility spiritually? Uh, Do you share the same love for Jesus? Because if you don't, you know, you're going to have to carry one. Is there compatibility financially, you know, emotionally? And, and, And here's the deal. Compatibility is not having a mutual dislike. Compatibility is not being offended by the same person. It's amazing how many people get together over a mutual dislike. Compatibility is about having vision. Man, everybody's real quiet here. Is this helping some people? Okay, the next one is, is faces the E comes for experience. Experience, past experience. Have you ever been in a situation where the, the, the reaction outweighs the action? You do something small and boom, somebody explodes and you're going, where did that come from? Well, it came from a past experience, a past hurt, and, and that little action over here triggered a, a big response because of what they've been through. The reaction is something that's occurred before you came into the picture. And so you've got to open that up. You've got to talk about you know, what experiences, because if they're hidden, you'll get in a, a relationship, you'll get in a situation, something will trigger, and you'll get a, uh, you'll get a reaction that, that's massive, and, and you'll think, where did that come from? Where's the experience? And the S is for skills. Skills. Communication skills. Do they have them? And are they committed to developing them? Because how many know a relationship without communication is not a relationship? And, and we've got to learn to communicate more than. Mm, yeah. <laughs> in fact, the health of a relationship is actually based on our communication ability. And, and it's, it's a communication. Well, it just doesn't, I just don't know what he thinks and what he's feeling. You've got to learn to talk, not just with yourself, but with other people. Do you know, even on all this, so you can go through this, you can find the right one, but do you know you can make him the wrong one because you're not the right one yet? I'll I'll say that again. You can find the right person, but you can make them the wrong person because you're not the right one yet. And, And that's why the best thing that we can do is actually work on ourselves becoming the right person because who you are is what you attract. Okay, number four, last thing. Last one is don't sacrifice the future for now. Don't sacrifice the future for now. 
Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 and 17. Hebrews chapter 12, 16 and 17. It says, uh, listen to this. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance, uh, right, and his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Go on, next verse. It says, afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. Uh, one version puts it like this. It says, the message says, watch out for Esau syndrome, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be like Esau. What's the writer of Hebrews doing? He's comparing Esau's mindset, who sold his inheritance for lentil shoe, his whole inheritance for lentil shoe, he's comparing that to somebody who's sexually immoral. See, when you are sexually immoral, you go outside the boundaries God's created, you're selling yourself short. On what God, you're in danger of having Esau syndrome, trading away a lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. Yeah, I talked about the difference between a consumer and a covenant relationship. You know, sex is a is is a covenant good, not a consumer good. Consumer good is used to keep somebody in a relationship, and it's like I have needs. I have needs, it's the way I, I feel good about myself. And, and so we, we go out and we try and find somebody to meet that need. Uh, sex is designed to be a covenant good. And it's, it's like, here it is, when, it's because I made a promise. And as I said, it's a sacrament, it's an external symbol of an invisible reality. It's just saying, you know, and, and that's where, where great sex comes from. It's more than just a physical act. Yeah, your spirits are tied together. You know, uh, the world wants to reduce it to just, just an act. But, but the Bible talks about how you're joining your spirit with another person's spirit. And in fact, you know, you're joining the place that, that God should only have with, with that person. And, and God's saying, this is why marriage is, is really, it's really important just for marriage. Uh, many people, you know, go out and, and just sleep around, but what they're doing is they're taking a part of their life and they're giving it to that person. They're leaving it with that person. It's like a rose. It's like every time you have sex with another person, it's like a, a petal is taken off and given up over here. And, and then you find the, the person you want to spend the rest of your life with and, and suddenly you've got nothing to offer them. Uh, don't get me wrong, God can restore, but one thing you've got to understand when it comes to, to, to sexual sin, it's not like other sin. Because Paul talks about it in Corinthians, he says, uh, when, when you sin in this way, it's not just a sin against God, it's a sin against your own body. And there's consequences with it. And, and the world tries to, you know, belittle it. Oh, it's just a physical act. What does it matter? You know, we're nothing like mammals who do it on the dis Discovery Channel. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's all this stuff. And it tries to belittle it, but, but, but it's your soul. 
And there's an inheritance that God has for you. And don't sell your inheritance for lentil shoe. Come on, in comparison to what God's got for you, you know, this is not going to satisfy. This is not going to do you any good. And, and it's really understanding that, that, hey, when I keep myself for my marriage partner, for my future spouse, you know, I'm sowing into my future. I'm sowing into that relationship. I'm building a, a solid foundation. And, and I want to make a strong appeal because we live in a sexualized society that promotes it all over the show. In fact, you can't go anywhere today without sex being promoted. And, and we've got to a place where, well, it's just normal. Everybody's doing it. Well, that could it be, you know, yeah, it's like, like, that's why we've got so many messed up families. Because we just accepted things as, as normal that aren't normal. See, see, one person once said this. We don't, we don't actually break God's law. You know, I, I broke God's law. I got away with it. No, we don't break God's law. We actually break ourselves against God's law. We break ourselves. We hurt ourselves. And God's got something amazing for each and every one of us. But we've got to position ourselves. We've got to have a vision. We've got to position ourselves. And we've got to make sure we do our homework. Number four, last one is we don't. Don't sacrifice the future for the now. In Jesus' name. Amen.